Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast. Our mission of teaching people to love God by showing them how much He loves us starts right now. Guys, an American Express survey, they, an American Express survey about Christmas gifts found, check this out, that fruitcake was the the was chosen most often 31% from a list of worst holiday gifts fruitcake it even finished ahead of no gift at all can you imagine that right when asked how did you how did you wh- how do you get rid of such a bad gift 30% said this they would hide it in the closet 21% said they would return it and 19% said they would give it away. This suggests that Christmas fruitcake might get recycled as a gift from, the, from your host on a New Year's party, right? So you're giving it away, 19%. Now, I'm not much for fruitcake, but my wife loves fruit. She's just saying that she's going, I love fruitcake. And, and so she would not be in this category, okay? Uh, but please don't give us fruitcake, okay? I mean, yeah, everybody's going to run out to Walgreens right now and get fruitcake, However, most of us, according to the American Express survey, would rather have no gift than the dreaded fruitcake. And I can recall, to be honest with you, growing up having Christmas fruitcake in those little tin cans, if you remember that. Some of us do. Some of us like, what is a fruitcake? Okay, I get it. I get it. All right. But I know this. We still had it on the 4th of July. I'm telling you right now. I mean, that's how interesting that was. Okay, but I'm not here to talk to you about fruitcake, okay? I'm not here to talk to you about fruitcake. Hey, if you're watching online and you know what I'm talking about fruitcake, just hit a hit a thumbs up, go amen, amen. But tonight, I want to talk to you about one special gift. It's a present among presents. It's a gift that was not under any tree, because see, that's what we do. We get about this time of year and the winter uh, winter cold starts to blow in and we kind of hope for a white Christmas and we even sing the Bing Crosby song, I'm dreaming of a white, right? And, and, and that's nostalgic for us, but 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 really when we think about this, guys, we, we have the greatest gift. It was wrapped, but it wasn't wrapped with wrapping paper, okay? It's a gift, but it doesn't get broken the day after opening it. Hello? You know what kids I'm talking about? You get your toy, you get it, it's like, yes! And then the next day it's broken, Mel. See, Mel knows what he's talking about, because anyways, no, Mel doesn't know what he's talking about. Okay, so I want to take some time tonight, just a little bit of time, guys, to talk about the gift of Jesus. Now, I, I do need to let Talia know I don't have a, a like, I'm closing and so you're going to have to kind of know, I'll say, come on back up so you know exactly, because this is a little bit different. We're going to talk a little bit, a little bit, right? Because I, I want to talk to you about the gift of Jesus, the gift of Jesus. That's a good topic. And tonight, we're going to read um, the true Christmas story, and we're going to talk a little bit about St. Nick. St. Nick. St. Nicholas, throughout the ages, has morphed into what many people call today Santa Claus, St. Nicholas. But labor with me for just a moment. I would like to enlighten you about this man named Nicholas. Let's, let's set the story straight. There was a man named St. Nicholas who was born on March 15th, 270 AD. He lived to be about 73 years old, 
He was the only son of wealthy Christian parents named Epiphanius and Johanna, according to some accounts, and or the name was Theophanes and not Nona, according to others. So, not sure who his parents was, but we do know that he was named Nicholas. Now, here's what you need to know about St. Nicholas. Nicholas was a born-again follower of Jesus Christ. That's what you need to know. Now, we know that those who are born again, followers of Jesus Christ, are also known as saints. If you are a believer here tonight, you are known as a saint. You go, hey, no saint in me. No, no, no. That's how God sees you. He sees you as saints. What does that mean? All of us who have trusted in Jesus are saints. We're saints because we have what is called a saving relationship with Jesus, even though Listen, our behavior is not always saint-like. So, here's what I like. This is my favorite part of the story. By all accounts, we could say that this is, Mel, do you have a relationship with Jesus? Well, then that's Saint Mel right there. How about that? And look at that. There's, there's Joshua behind the booth. Josh, do you have a saving relationship with Jesus? He says, amen. He would be Saint Josh. This would be Saint Amanda. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? Now, think about this. We're all part of a saint. Saint Alex. He's like, hey, yeah, right? Think about it. Now, listen, I'm going to read a few words that Jesus spoke that really affected Nicholas greatly. It comes from Matthew chapter 6, verse 2 in the NIV, and it says this, and there you go. So... This is what really impacted his heart. Listen, when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues or out on the streets, to be honored by men. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. That's what he said. And so, and so Saint Nicholas guys did, he did many, many good deeds. He did them, he did them quietly. He wasn't going around, hey, look at me. Gonna put this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna serve here. Hey, look, I'm gonna give. He, he did them very, very quietly. Okay, and he did them, listen to me, this is the most important part, guys. He did them because of the love of Jesus in his heart. And it was known that he would always see the face in Jesus of the people he needed to help. And so St. Nicholas acted as Jesus would have acted. Let that sink in for a moment. Why? Because tomorrow is Christmas Eve, and Friday is Christmas, and there's a lot of people today, listen to me, there's a lot of people today, today, they're struggling, and it would be so cool if that you and I, as believers, would act like Jesus, and watch the poor and the needy, and those that are struggling. Nicholas, remember, was, was, had wealthy parents, wealthy parents, And he was given a great deal of money when his parents died. His parents died young, and he was inherited a lot of money. But you know what he could have done? The the story goes on to say he could have, and he should have lived an extravagant life. He was wealthy. He could have spent large amounts of money on himself, buying everything he saw. He realized that the money was actually belonged to God. Nicholas realized that he should only take what he needed 
for himself and that he could use the rest of the money to glorify God. He chose to glorify God by helping others rather than to waste money on a fancy life for himself. One of the most famous stories about Nicholas demonstrates his understanding of Jesus teaching about helping others. How was it? Ready? There was a poor man who had three daughters who could not be married because he was poor. At that time and place, a father had to pay a man to marry his daughter. Again, at that time, if a poor woman was not able to marry, she would most likely be forced into a life that would not please Jesus. So he's poor, he can't, and he's struggling, right? Well, Nicholas was able to help his family. What did he do? He secretly, in the middle of the night, threw some gold coins through an open window. Some of the coins landed in stockings hung by the fireplace. He did this for each of his three daughters. And now children today still hang stockings by the fireplace hoping for gifts. Did you know that's where it came from? That's exactly where it came from. There are many, many stories about Nick and how he did these wonderful good deeds. But here's what we need to know. When we go to bed tonight, when we go to bed tomorrow night, Remember, there was a man, St. Nick, who exemplified the teachings of Jesus. Most people called him St. Nick. Now, fast forward in your mind 1,700 years. Now, we call this man Santa Claus. Yeah, see? So St. Nick sort of morphed throughout the years to become Santa Claus, and so when my daughter, look, my granddaughter tells me, Grandpa, is there a Santa Claus? And I say, well, technically, this is the real story. This is the real story. St. Nick, a man who trusted in Jesus and gave to the poor, eventually morphed to what we know as Santa Claus. Santa Claus. Now, Speaking of Santa Claus, if we listen to the song, you guys know the song, right? What song? Santa Claus is coming to town, right? We know that, right? Now, if you ever really listen to the words, it's kind of weird, is it not? It's a little bit freaky. You go, how so? Listen, labor, you guys know the song. Because it starts off with, you better watch out, okay? You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. Yeah, that's exactly it, right? We know he's coming. Now, here's what, here's what, here's what trips me out, Rosa. He's making a list. That's what the song says. He's making a list, right? And he's checking it twice. He's going to find out who's naughty or nice. Alex, are you naughty? You nice? <laughs> we'll see. We'll see in a few days, won't we? Then it goes on to say Santa Claus is coming to town. Okay? Now, here's where it gets a little creepy. It says, he sees you when you're sleeping. What? What if you snore? Does he see that? I don't know. He sees you when you're sleeping. He sees you when you're awake. He knows if you've been 
that are good, so be good for goodness sake. Now, that really creeps me out, right? Because now you have this dude, right, who morphed from really a follower of Jesus to a man in a red suit that knows everything you've done, Mel. And he knows when you're asleep. And he knows if you've been bad or good, right? And so you're like, wow, this is, this is trippy, man. And, and so I thought, you know, it kind of sounds like our government a little bit, doesn't it? He's kind of tracking your GPS a little bit, listening to your phone calls, right? Now, here's what you do. You've heard of people who, um, you've heard of girlfriends, right? Whose, whose, whose phone got, uh, left behind. And they'll be saying, diamond rings, diamond rings, you know, and, and they speak into the phone so that every time they open their phone, the ads of diamond rings come up, right? Or whatever it might be. You guys know that, right? You know that. It's the craziest thing because you can be talking about something in your house and then when you pull it up, all of a sudden you start getting ads for that and you're like, that was weird. Well, Santa Claus, I'm telling you, he knows when you're awake. He's writing, no, he's not writing it down. He's not writing it down. So Santa comes and he brings gifts and presents. Now, Alex, if you're naughty, you get coal. That's the rule. I didn't make the rule. Okay, but if you take coal and you put it in the fireplace, I mean, you can do all kinds of good stuff with that. Now, listen, listen. We all love getting gifts, don't we? We we love getting gifts, man. I like giving gifts. I like getting gifts. This is an amazing thing. Um, And sometimes we find ways of letting those around us know what gifts we want, right? You, you make hints. Now, listen, I don't know how it happens in your house, but the whole surprise me thing went out the door. Like, like, surprise me? No, no, let me tell you what I want for Christmas so I know I'll use it. Tell me what you want. Let's just be practical about this. And you're, some of you are going, no, 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 no. Total surprise. We want to blow you away. Okay, I get it. I get it. But uh, we all have that way of letting people know what we want. As a matter of fact, it reminds me of the little guy. There was a little guy one night, and he kneeled down, and he closed his eyes real tight, and he began praying to God. And he began yelling, God, I want a new bike. The mother of the little boy said, honey, you don't have to yell. God is not deaf. To which the little boy turns to a mom and says, I know, but grandma is. We have a way of letting people know what we want. Or what do we do? The classic of writing letters to this man who knows everything and, and tell him what we want, asking for specific gifts. Well, like what? Well, let me, here's some actual, actual letters that were written to Santa that I found amazing. You ready? These are little kids. Number one says, Dear Santa Claus, when, <laughs> when you come to my house, there will be cookies for you. But if you get real hungry, you can use our form, you can use our phone and order pizza to go. That's a real letter. Another one says, Dear Santa, I want a puppy. I want a playhouse. Thank you. I've been good most of the time. Sometimes I'm wild. This is from a four-year-old. Okay. Dear Santa, I'll take anything because I haven't been that good. Another one. Dear Santa, I'm not going to ask for a lot here. Here's my list. An Etch-A-Sketch animator, two packs of number two pencils, Crayola fat markers, and the big gift, my own color TV. Well, maybe you could drop the pencils. I don't want to be really selfish. 
Guys, although that's being silly, I want to take a moment tonight and tell you the best gift that anyone has ever got. Now, let me tell you right off the bat, what I love about God, what I love about the God that created us is that he also knows if we've been naughty or nice. And what I love is that he doesn't hold us against us. And we're living in an age where, we're, where, where, where his grace is so amazing. And he still gives us the gift. He doesn't look and go, okay, well, you don't get this and you get that. He goes, listen, here's your gift, and it's open for everybody. It's the best gift. But you know that God also has a list. God also has a list, right? And on his list are the names who will be with him in heaven. It's called the Lamb's Book of Life. And what I found interesting is, and, and, uh, the other night, me and my granddaughter, we, we, um, we decided to watch a movie. She likes to watch a movie, and it was, it was a very interesting movie. Never seen it before. She's seen it, but we watched The Christmas Chronicles. And it was a cute movie, and, and we watched it through. But every time I watch a movie and, and certain things stick out, I can see the gospel in it. And what I found interesting is this young lady had to be a true believer. And as she looked through Santa's book, all of the true believers in her life were written except her brother. Until he became a true believer and his name, Santa, they, they show Santa right. I don't want to ruin it for you if, you've, if you haven't seen the movie, but I saw the gospel because I know that's exactly what the Lord says. He says, every one of us, men, our, our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life, but the ones who are really written are true believers. And the Bible is so full of, of hey, listen, in, in, when we get down to the church age, there's going to be wheat. But there's also going to be tares, and the tares are going to look exactly like wheat, but they're not true believers. Well, Ben, shouldn't we kick them out of the church? I mean, if they're not true believers, no, because, see, if we keep preaching the gospel, if we keep teaching the word of God, the Holy Spirit that just dwells among us would go and maybe and maybe convert some of those from tares into wheat. That's where people get saved. You see, when you first went to church, you weren't saved. You weren't saved. You came in. You were skeptical. You folded your hands. You said, let me see what this guy has to say. And as the worship began to go and you heard the words and you saw and you felt the music in your heart, something opened. And then the pastor comes up and he says, hey, hey, let me give you the best gift. It's Jesus. And you, and then you became a true believer. And that's when they said, your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. That's what Christmas is about. That's where we should get excited. Yet, in our world, we're fighting all the time about, well, what day was he born? Well, you don't even know. And, and then, and then it's, it's so weird because they say, you Christians. And that's what they used to say back in the first century. Oh, you Christians, if you would just, and it's like, no, you don't understand. You don't understand. This is the best gift you could ever have. That's where we're going to pick up our story today, guys, and we'll move pretty quickly. Now, I'm going to read out of the New Living Translation because I love the way it says, but let's go through Luke chapter 1, 26 and 27 says this, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. 
She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Now, Mary is said to be engaged, betrothed to Joseph. There were three stages to a Jewish wedding. Can you imagine a wedding? Ooh, I love a wedding. There was the engagement. This was the formal agreement made by the fathers. Okay, this was, okay, you're going to marry, you're going to marry. Okay, this is how we do. Then you moved into the betrothal. This is the ceremony, the mutual promises that are made. And then the marriage. How so? Approximately one year later, when the bridegroom comes at an unexpected time for his bride. I don't know about you, but that gives me goosebumps. You go, why? Because, guys, that's exactly, we're, we're in the betrothal period with God right now. We're waiting. And he's building the mansion. He's going, okay, I'm going to get it ready. And then we don't know when he's going to come. But we know he's coming. Okay, look at verse 28. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Well, confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. What do you mean favored? Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. And you will conceive and give birth to a son, and his name will be Jesus. Jesus. And he will be very great, and he shall be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever and his kingdom will never end. Amen? That's a good place for an amen. So here's this angel. Could you imagine? Mary is already tripping. Tripping because there's an angel coming to talk to her. And she's like, what? And he says, he says, Mary, I've got, I've got some good news. And I've got three things I want to say to you, Mary. Three things. Well, what are they? First of all, Mary, you're highly favored. You're highly favored. You're like... Cool. What else? Mary, the Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. Wait, wait, wait. What do you mean? The Lord is with you. Wow. And then third, she goes, Mary, you're blessed. You're blessed. That's what the angel Gabriel said to Mary. And of course, when we think of Mary, guys, this is all certainly true who had the unique privilege among any person who ever lived. Mary is highly favored. But think about this. Amanda, if you're looking for the perfect gift, Jesus is the answer. You go, why? Because think about this. Think about this. I want you to go back just a little bit in time before you gave and returned and committed your life to the Lord. Think about the best gift you have now. You go, why? Because here's the thing, Amanda, you are highly favored as Mary was according to Ephesians. You, Amanda, the Lord is with you according to Matthew 28. He walks with you. He talks with you. He's there to protect you. And to guide you. And according to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, it says, we're blessed. We're blessed. Now, Mel, we don't always feel blessed. We don't always feel blessed because we allow the circumstances of our life to, to sort of dictate what's going on. But, but we're blessed, guys. We're blessed. He loves us. 
And so the same thing that the angel Gabriel said to Mary, he says to every one of us, Emil, you are highly favored and blessed, and God is with you. Yes. Well, what does Mary do? Well, look in verse 34. Mary's asked the angel, how can this happen? She says, I'm a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the baby will be born, the baby to be born will be holy, and he shall be called the Son of God. Now, here's what I want you to keep in mind, okay? Jesus did not become the Son of God. He was called the Son of God, recognizing his nature from all eternity. He's always been the Son of God. Think about this for just a moment. Alex, if you were to say, be called to save ants, the little critters running around, okay, they're all going to be annihilated. Adam, you're the guy, you're, Alex, you're the guy to save ants. What would be the best way? Now, you as a human could go down to their ant pile and go, hey, you guys are going to die, stop doing it. But they would not. Listen, the best thing for you to do is become an ant so that you can save them from destruction. Well, that's what Jesus did. Jesus said, look, as far as eternity, he is the son of God. He is the creator of all things. He is God. He is glory. And what he decided, he goes, listen, the best way that I can reach humans is to become human. And then I could die for their sin. And I can reconcile them back to me. And we go, Mel, listen, we can't do it ourselves, even though we keep trying with all our works, and listen, I'll be good, and I won't think any bad thoughts, and I won't, and I won't do this, and I'll try not to do that, and I won't, and I won't be naughty, I promise, I won't be on the naughty list. The Lord's like, no, 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 see, that's the problem. The problem is that you're human, and that's in you, but I'm going to take care of that. I'm going to die on the cross to reconcile you back. And when you realize that your sins are forgiven, then your heart wants to be good. It doesn't want to be. Naughty. So he was the son of God. Now, what is Christmas all about? What is Christmas all about? Well, over in, jump over to Luke chapter 2, verse 10. Luke chapter 2, verse 10, keep going. It says this, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news. Good news? Yeah. And it'll be great joy to all people. What's that, Lord? The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you shall recognize him by the sign. How? What sign? You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. And suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. That's what happened. Did you guys understand exactly what happened here? From chapter 1 to chapter 2, you go, what happened? Well, this is what Christmas really means. The word of God just spoke to our heart what it really means. And you go, what does it really mean? You ready? It means acceptance. I don't know if you see it in there. Think about this. It means acceptance. Why? Because today, listen to me, so many people, they just want to be accepted. They just want to be accepted. 
We're all different. We all, we're not made the same. And so being different is cool. It's okay. Because we just want to feel, well, not only do we want to feel accepted, we want to feel loved. You see, the greatest thing that man needs is to feel loved. That's the greatest thing. And that's what Christmas is all about. Oh, oh, sure, we have our trees up and we're in a hurry and we're trying to, you know, and sometimes we feel like, man, this year has been really hard. We don't have, we can't make ends meet. We just, I'm not sure. That's okay. Because what really needs to happen is that your family needs to know that you're loved. You're loved. And I love that. Why? Because who's the Lord accepting and who is he loving? Well, think about that, right? He's thinking about all of us. And even though we're naughty, he says, I still love you. And I still accept you. It's far different than Santa Claus. Far different than Santa. Santa wants to compel us by gifts to do good works. You better, you better not pout. You, you, you better not cry. You better try to do, don't be on the naughty list because you'll, you won't get a present. And so everybody goes, ah! And so we try to what? Help me church. Ooh, this is good. We try to modify our behavior so we get the best gift. But what happens on December 26th? Well, I've got 364 more days to mess up before I try to get right, right? And so this part of the letters, oh, well, I'll take anything because, because I wasn't that good. And the Lord's like, no, 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 see, see, St. Nick somehow just morphed into, I get it. I get it. I get it. So Christmas, tomorrow night, Christmas Eve, Friday, whatever you do, Christmas means Jesus. What does it mean, Jesus? Yeah, it means Jesus to me when life falls apart. That's what Christmas means. And you go, why? Well, here's why. (sighs) Tomorrow and Friday, they will come and they will go. Regardless of what you have under the tree or what perfect present or whatever you're doing, or if you don't even do presents or anything else, it's going to come and it's going to go. And that's why we don't celebrate a day, but we celebrate a person. That's why. And I wonder how many people, even tonight, watching online, maybe listening by podcast in the next couple of days, how many people's life is really falling apart? Or maybe it's about to fall apart. And I love that my Jesus, my Jesus will be there to pick up the pieces and to restore life back to you. That's what Christmas is about, guys. And we get so excited and we go, oh man, this is going to be good. And yes, it is exciting. I love the fact that there's lights on houses in the midst of dark. Do you, do you, do you guys realize that December 21st is the shortest day of the year? From the time the sun goes up, or comes up to the time it goes down, it's the shortest day of the year. And it's called the winter solstice. And so, but see, the light shines brighter in the dark. 
And listen, we've got about a week and a half until until a new year comes in. But for us, it's not going to make a difference. And I'll tell you why. Because COVID's still going to be here. It's not going to go away with 2020. Okay? There's still going to be flu, and there's still going to be, and we're still going to be wondering about election, and we're going to be who's our president, and how we're going to move forward. So we need to celebrate a person every single day. And life may fall apart for us, but we got to remember Jesus. And so I never want to leave. I never want to leave a teaching without giving you an opportunity to surrender to Jesus. You go, what do you mean? Maybe all your life you haven't believed in Jesus. Maybe all of your life you've just kind of go, well, I don't know about this. And and now you come here and the Lord's been speaking to your heart. And as you watch online, you're kind of clicking. You're going, amen, yes. But maybe you're passing through and you you just you just saw this dude preaching. And, and now God is speaking to your heart. And you realize that you don't have a relationship with him. In other words, you're not really saved. You go, well, wow, 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 no, stop it. I've been to church. I've gone to church. I, I know I follow my parents, but, but do you have a real relationship with God? Yourself. Are you standing upon that? You see, because all you have to do is open up your heart and invite Jesus inside. You go, yes, Lord, today I'm going to give you my life. I'm going to give you all of my life, Lord. I'm going to, I'm going to confess my sin, Lord. I, I know I'm a sinner, and I'm going to ask you to come in, and I want to be saved. I want to be saved, number one, because I want to go to heaven with you. Number two, because I, I'm tired of my old life, and I'm, I'm, I'm tired of being on the naughty list, if you will. I just want to be, I just want to be saved. I just want to walk with you. Because Christmas means Jesus. But if you've never done that, you've never really said yes. Now, people sort of think maybe, oh, maybe, maybe, you know, I don't, I don't know. But you've never made that commitment. Let me tell you a story. There was a young lady who was a social outcast. She was a social outcast so much that, man, they kicked her off Facebook. They didn't let her go on Instagram. She was a social outcast. They didn't even let her have Pinterest, and Pinterest lets have everybody. And so she was just horrible, and all her friends did not like her so much that she had to go get water in the middle of the day, and the women didn't get water in the middle of the day, and she's the only one. And so here comes this, this lady, and she's so beaten up by the world. And she's going with her water pots in the middle of the day, and she meets a young Jewish man. And the young Jewish man says, hey, could you give me a drink? And she looks at him, and she says, wait, wait a minute, time out. You, a Jew, talking to a Samaritan woman? That's not supposed to happen. We could get in trouble for this. And by the way, how are you going to, I don't know. Well, come to find out, this young lady, with all her troubles in her troubled past, was talking to Jesus. And Jesus said, hey, listen, let me tell you a story. Jesus said, listen, if you would drink the water I'd give you, you'd never thirst again. And she said, what? I've been coming to this well. I have to come in the middle of the day. Are you kidding me? And you're going to have water. You don't even have something to drink with. He goes, no, what I want to give you is living water. 
And what, and the point of the story is that she went, what? And Jesus told her some things that only he could know. And guess what? She had what we call a defining moment. She had, she had a defining moment. She said, oh! And she believed. She became a true believer. And when Jesus said, hey, where are you going? She goes, I've got to go tell everybody. So she runs back and she tells everybody in the city, come, I found the Messiah. A man told me everything. Could he be Jesus? And so they all came out, but she had her defining moment. So here's my question to you. Have you ever had your defining moment where you said yes to Jesus? Just you and him. For some, it was walking down an aisle and praying a prayer. That was your defining moment. Man, I remember when I got saved. Other people was just in your chair and you said, you raised your hand. And you said, yes, I want Jesus. And he came into your heart. Others, it was on your own, in your recliner. As God ministered to your heart, you said, yes, I want. It's your defining moment. But my question to you is, have you had that? Because today's the day where you can have it. And I know some of you watching online are going, amen, amen. That's, that's what we need to talk about. But, but I want to give you an opportunity, an opportunity to say yes. You go, Pastor, what do I have to do? Well, well here's the thing, guys. In a minute, the lights are going to go a little bit low. And I'm going to ask you, if you want to surrender your life to Jesus once and for all, I'm going to ask you to lift up your hand. You say, why do I have to lift up my hand? Everybody else will have their eyes closed, but I want God to see your heart. Lift up your hand and say, yes, Lord, here's my heart. I, I want to surrender to you. I want to follow you for the rest of my life. I want to be saved, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a Christian. And then I'll lead you in a prayer, and it'll be your defining moment. But that's between you and God. So many people, I'll give an invitation, they'll stand with their, their arms closed, and they'll be like, nope, 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 nope. And there'll be this war going in between them. No, 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 yes, no, 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 no. And then church is dismissed, and everybody goes, ah, you know, I should have. Don't put that off. Make sure that you have your defining moment. Open up your heart. Say, Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. I want to follow you all the days of my life. This is going to be a great journey. And he'll come into your life and he'll change you, I promise. But you have to respond between you and the Lord. Shall we pray? Lord Jesus, thank you for your word and the truth in your word. And thank you, God, for the kids listening to the Christmas story. And I pray for everyone online. I don't know who's online, but I pray for everyone that would, would, would just understand the true meaning of Christmas, and it's Jesus. But more importantly, Lord, I pray that I understand that, Lord, that the true meaning of, of Christmas is my Lord and my Savior. And Christmas should be every day as we celebrate you. But with every eye closed and every head bowed, is there anyone here tonight that the Lord has spoke to purposely, specifically? You felt him in your heart, and you knew that it was time to surrender your life. You knew that this was their night, and that you're not here by accident, but God brought you here so he could save you because he loves you so much, and that you felt so unaccepted, but today you feel accepted. Maybe you're here and that's you. Maybe you're watching online and that's you. You're going, man, I, I just want to feel loved. I just, I just, I just, I, I, I want my sins forgiven and I'm, I'm, I want all that God has for me starting tonight. Well, with every eye closed and every head bowed, would you just lift up your hand right now? 
You say, Pastor Ben, I don't want anybody to see, but just pray for me. Just pray for me. I want to surrender my life to Jesus. God bless you, young man. God bless you, young lady over here. Anyone else? Anyone else? Tonight's your night. It's between you and the Lord. All you have to do is just lift up your hand. Say, Ben, just pray for me. Nobody will see you. God will see your heart. If you've never given your life to him completely. Amen. Father, I thank you for these hands that are raised, and I thank you for your precious spirit. I know you don't make mistakes, and I know you bring people to church for a reason. And I thank you for that. If you've lifted your hand and you're serious about God, I'm going to ask you to do something really brave because I want to lead you in a prayer. You go, brave? I'm not brave. No, I'm not brave. I just want you to stand right where you are because I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Just stand. If you're serious about God tonight, and if you're at home, just stand right where you're at. Will you do that right now? If you're serious about God, just stand. Uh, God bless you, man. God bless you. Come on, give him a hand, y'all. All right. All right. Would you just pray this prayer? Just pray this prayer. If, you, if you're serious, stand up right there, sweetie. Stand up. The Lord knows your heart, okay? Just pray this prayer. Nathalie, will you just help her there for a second? And say, Lord Jesus, out loud, come into my heart. I know I'm a sinner, and I want all that you have for me. I'm asking you, Lord, tonight to be my God. I've messed up, Lord, but you're asking me to believe, and so I believe. I believe in you. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. I believe, Lord, in Christmas, and I believe that you were resurrected. And I don't know much about the Bible right now, but I know that I know that you love me. And so I'm asking you, come into my heart. Be my Lord, be my God, be my Savior, and be my friend. I follow you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Hey, this is Pastor Josh. I hope this message has encouraged you in your walk with Jesus. If it has, we would love to hear your story of how it has impacted you, or especially if you responded to the invitation to receive Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior. To get in touch or to receive more information, please contact us by phone at 806-799-2227 or send an email to calvarylubbock at hotmail.com. Again, that phone number is 806-799-2227. Also, if you want to partner with us financially to take the gospel to West Texas and the world, please click on the Donate button on calvarychapellubbock.org. Thanks for listening to the podcast. May God richly bless you.